You're listening to the Regeneration Rising podcast, a podcast from the Kavira Coalition about the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of agrarians in the United States. Each episode will explore what it means to work in regenerative agriculture, how people came to choose this as their livelihood, and why it's important to them and the future. We hope to build a foundation for a strong community of future agrarians and land stewards with a regenerative approach to community, relationships, and the land. Welcome back to another episode of Regeneration Rising. I'm Taylor Mulia, and it is such an exciting time of the year. I'm recording this on the night before leaving to Santa Fe, New Mexico for the Regenerate Conference. It feels like a family reunion, so I'm very excited to see not only all 20 of our graduating apprentices for 2023, but we're actually getting together uh, quite a few alumni of the program I'm actually visiting one on the way down. So just a really beautiful time of the year. And you realize how many relationships you build uh, through Kivera. So very thankful for that. And the reason I'm mentioning graduation is because we are also in the process of opening applications for next year's apprenticeship. The New Agrarian Program applications open on November 1st. Um, but don't worry, they don't close till December 15th. So um, we have tons of resources online to learn more about all the locations accepting apprentices for 2024. And we were doing, uh, our staff here at the New Agrarian Program, we were doing a NAP 101 call, which is essentially an informational call about the program uh, a couple weeks ago. And one of the gals that joined us asked if she could speak to an apprentice from this year. And it really just sparked in my mind. I mean, each apprentice is kind of going through a crazy life transition at the moment of application. So we try not to bug them too much, but I thought maybe I could bug them just enough to come on to the podcast and share their experience. Because right now at this very moment, there's a lot of people out there thinking, maybe I might apply, um, wonder what it's like, would love to just hear about someone's experience. So we actually just chose two apprentices that were a great example of our program and what it can do. And so we brought them on today to um, participate in an interview. So my guests today are Ryan Koch. He is at the Barthelmist Ranch. And then we have Samuel Moreno, and he is at Coulter Family Ranch, both up in Montana. These two guys are graduating, yeah, tomorrow, <laughs> a couple days from now. And so kind of reflecting on the season. And I really enjoyed our conversation. So if you're considering applying to the program, um, you're going to find this episode very helpful. Another thing you might find very helpful is we're doing a webinar called Tips and Tricks for Applying. And that is happening on November 9th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. And we'll also have it recorded for uh, folks that might miss it. Um, and then we also have our very final NAP 101 call where we'll go through all of the mentor sites accepting apprentices. And that call is happening on November 14th, 12 to 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time. So you can find all the information and register for those two at kiviracoalition.org slash events. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much to these two apprentices for um, being willing to be interviewed at a very crazy, stressful time. And um, I hope you enjoy. 
Well, Samuel and Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's awesome to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. So first, we're going to start with our normal question. Where are you calling in from today? Yes, um, I'm calling from Brusette, Eastern Montana. Um, I've been here at the Colter Family Ranch for the last eight months. So I'm here uh, today. We got like a really nice uh, snowstorm. So kind of surviving from here. So <laughs> so I've heard with a lot of the Montana folks. Uh, Ryan, do you want to say where you're from, what mentor site you're at? Yeah, I'm uh, 30 miles south of Malta, Montana, up on the High Line. And we also got a bunch of snow today. So that was uh, fun to work in. And I'm at the Barthelmas uh, family ranch up here. So Awesome. I would love to go into a little bit more of each of your backgrounds. So it's interesting. I, your, uh, your accents differentiate you two quite a bit on this podcast, which is convenient. <laughs> um, I would love to talk about sort of where you're from really briefly, like what brought you to this apprenticeship. Ryan, if you want to start this one first, and then we'll pass it off to Samuel. Yeah, um, I'm originally from Nebraska. I grew up in Maryland. It basically... How I got here is I I was working a job I didn't like, and I started working in agriculture on a farm in Maryland. And next thing I knew, I was working at a butcher shop. And I I wanted to come out west and see the other side of uh, livestock work. So that's how I ended up out here from Maryland. Awesome. And what about you, Samuel? Well, I'm originally from from Spain, and I came to to the States uh, in 2016. And yeah, I got different jobs and back in Michigan. Actually, I'm married, so my, my wife is from Michigan and I got a couple of different jobs there. And on my last job, uh, it was hard to work. It was a factory job and I was looking for something different. And also I was uh, pretty much since I came to the to this country, I, I developed some sort of health issues and problems with food and I was having a lot of problems. So I started discovering that the more attention I paid to the food I was eating and how that's, that food was being raised, the feeling, the, the best I was feeling. So this took me to this journey of discovering like regenerative agriculture. And it was incredible, like the journey and, and seeing how I was improving. So I really want to be part of, of the regenerative movement. So, um, yeah, I discovered new agrarian program in 2021 like five days before the application was ending so i decided to rush my application but um yeah that's how i ended up finding the program yeah yeah well actually i'd love to jump into it um applications are opening soon and there's a lot of folks who are curious about the application process samuel if you want to continue like how you know you said you you did find it and went through the process once, didn't make it, went through it again, and then it was successful. You want to talk about sort of what what you found successful with that process? Yeah, I was looking for an opportunity like this, uh, basic, like, a, like an internship opportunity. I started looking for it in 2020. I remember I went to Missouri and visited uh, Greg Judy. He has like an internship program. And that, that thing didn't work out. And then I tried... Um, Polyface Farm with Joel Salatin, it didn't work out either. So I kind of refused because I really want to try to be in a program like that. So I try um, 
to find it. And like I said, in at the end of 2021, I, I found the, the program actually through ATRA, ATRA website. They have like a different applications and internship opportunities. So I found something about Quivira and I said, what is this thing? What is Quivira? <laughs> and then I rediscovered the new agrarian program. And like I said, uh, I, I sent an email. It's like, yeah, yeah can I have any chance because the program, the application is closing very, very soon. So I tried to to do the, the application quick, but it was not good enough for me. So I decided to to wait for a year and try again next year. So yeah, uh, in 2022, that was my my full-time job, becoming a, a better applicant. So yeah, I was able to, to change my job and I, I switched from a factory job to a construction job and looking for different opportunities, volunteering. And, and yeah, when the application process opened in October of 2022, I was ready. And when you were interviews, were those volunteering opportunities um, helpful? Like, did they make your application stronger, did you find? Oh, it was huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Um the first time that I discovered the program, I was talking with my wife. What do you think? Do you think I have any chance? And she looked at uh, my experiences and my my application. Is like uh, I don't think any rancher wants you <laughs> once you have you. So I started working on that, and and yeah, definitely. Uh, I visited a couple of farms. Yeah, it was it was huge just to have like real experiences uh, to put in the in the application. Mm-hmm. And how else did you prepare for the interview process? Did you, you know, practice with your wife? Did you kind of like um, ask for any help with that? Or did you just kind of go into it? Yeah. Any tips? No. You, well, the application is long. Okay. <laughs> there, there are a lot of a lot of questions, but um, I think it's, it's, it's long in a good way because Quivira really wants to put apprentices and ranchers that like create like a good match. So that's why the, I think the process is, is the way it is. But um, yeah, actually, I reached out to the Quivira staff. I remember talking with Carolyn Catwell just to, um, I think I talked with you too, uh, mm-hmm. Taylor. So different, different webinars and, and video calls and trying to ask questions. Um, yeah, I remember Samuel. You did a really good job of like just coming to us, and you had a you know you have a wife and a kid, and you were just like, I have no idea if this is even going to work. Is there any ranch that would take you know the whole package because it's all or nothing? So, and we actually did find you a great match, and I think it was because you reached out early. Well, that was one of my my main questions. Like, okay, I'm from an, from another country. You know, I have an accent, and <laughs> I'm not from here. I have a wife. I'm kind of older than the average uh, applicant, I, I think. So, um, yeah, it was like I needed to ask questions and to know if, if it was viable to, to do. So. And Ryan, I want to jump to you. What was your application process like? Did you do anything in particular to prepare for applying to the program? Any tips on getting ready for your interview process? Well, my whole application process was a little bit different than Samuel's 2022. It was more equivalent to his 2021. Um, you know, prior to applying to this, I was, I was working in politics and we had just got it done winning an election in November. And I realized I don't want to keep doing that. 
And I think I found the application on like November 28th. It filled it out. Uh, and I heard back about two weeks later. So that's how I found it. Um, also just looking online and coming up on it and trying to figure out what this regenerative ranching was and if it was something I was interested in after, after I had already applied and I realized it was. Um, and when I got the opportunity, I only had one ranch interview me, so I didn't feel too good about it because I had applied to, I did the wider thing where I put my top five choices and the rest, the other four denied me. Deservedly so. I don't have, I didn't have any experience or anything. Um, so I really just threw a shot of the wind and then I had my interview. I was just completely honest about, you know, my career tracked and what I experience I did have and me and, uh, Leo Barthelmas who interviewed me got along really well with the interview. I think I, you know, really explained why I wanted to, um, come out to Montana, give a try at regenerative ranching. And I think that just the honesty and what I was trying to accomplish is how I got it. Um, I also know um, Leo's brother, Chris, who I work with, he said I got the job because I wrote in my application that I was excited to check heifers at night uh, to do the night cabin. So, you know, you got to also be willing to put in the work and be ready to learn. Uh, That's how I found the success in it. And Ryan, if you, you know, hadn't been in a interview with a rancher before, I, it strikes me that whenever we interview, I'm in on the interviews for the folks that are listening. I I have to feel for a lot of these applicants because like most people in life never go through an interview with a rancher. It's just like a demographic of people we don't often talk to. And it can be really nerve wracking to go into it. Like, how am I supposed to look? How am I supposed to dress? Like, how am I supposed to talk? You know, it just, I I don't know. We're really clashing two worlds with this program. And so I can see how that would make people really nervous. Um, do you have any advice for that interview process, like to kind of calm your nerves a little bit and, and show your best self? Yeah, I was definitely nervous because I hadn't had an interview where, you know, the job would be very different from working in an office or something as I'd done prior. So I, I did question what I should wear. I was like, I'll just wear, you know, a butted down shirt. And I didn't wear my hat, but I think you could probably wear a hat if you wanted to. <laughs> Um, and you know, I think really, I don't know ranchers specifically hmm. for this program. I think really you just need to be honest about what you're looking to do and make sure the mentor understands where you're coming from. Cause they're going to be there to help you out and teach you in this program. So you don't want to come off as anything you're not because as I said, I came in with no experience and I got the position anyways, just because I'm willing to put in the work and learn. And that's what this program is about at the end of the day. So yeah, I think, yeah. I think the mentors understand that also. So it worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Ryan, Ryan is, you are hitting the nail on the head. You know, like when I, when I approached the interviews, I was like, this is awkward. You know, I don't know, I don't know this rancher, but it's the same for them. So you can have that, like, well, you probably, they don't know who I am. So it's going to be awkward for them too. But, um, 
Yeah. Also, I, I approach the the application like I just like all those questions and like I just need those questions to give me an opportunity to talk face to face with a rancher because then it's where I can show like my interest and and also like I don't know how long were the interviews but like close to an hour, you know, forty five minutes. But in that time, they really want to know you. They really want to see like, okay, can I? trust this person for the next eight months you know it's it's not about what you've done or what skills do you have because you know you can learn all that but like ryan said like honesty and who you are it's like well that's there or or not so yeah i would love to know too we had a, a question from an apprentice recently that just wanted to know what what it was like so your apprenticeship this season the last seven or eight months that you've been at your mentor site, would love to just hear from each of you, like, what did a day look like? Working in a ranch, you know, like, uh, it changes with the flow of the season. So when, when, when I started, everything was covered with snow. So we started at 7.30, and it was just doing, like, chores, feeding the cattle and checking the sheep and checking the water. And, and then, well, you know, it's too cold. We cannot do much. <laughs> But then uh, as the season progresses and, you know, spring, we, we got a, a really wet spring here. So we received a lot of rain and and it was fun to see like the process of winter melting and then the growing season, the middle of the summer. But yeah, I guess we start working more harder and harder when the grass is growing. And yeah, the day, like an average day will be waking up at 7.30 and Loading the car uh, with fencing supplies or salt, minerals, things that we have to, to give to the, to the animals and, and then go to the different locations. And uh, first, checking the animals, see if everybody's doing okay and checking the water. Do they need salt or minerals? And then um, building fence. It was building fence and... Actually, this year, what we did a lot um, here at the Colter Ranch, uh, we were doing uh, daily moves. So my mentor, Casey, and I, we were kind of like split in two. You know, I was taking care of two groups and he was taking care of other two groups and, uh, you know, moving those every day. And then uh, taking a break for lunch, an hour or so, and and then doing some different projects around, around the ranch. But also, you know, sometimes things happen and you need to stay working later than normal and, and that's okay. Nice. What about you, Ryan? Samuel and I are about 60 miles away from each other as the crow flies besides the, yes. giant, <laughs> besides the giant Fort Peck uh, Reservoir in between us. So we had a very similar weather season, lots of rain in the spring. But basically when I got here, there was a ton of snow and... That first month was, I was a little surprised at how much we weren't doing because there was so much snow. Well, then calving season started and we do night checks uh, every two hours at night. So from about April 9th to mid-May, I didn't sleep a whole lot. I, I was checking calves and we were pulling calves and the snow didn't come off until May. So it was cold, snowy. It was a hard spring at first, um, and then it melted, and there was a lot of water. And around here, we've got a very good community um, of ranchers. There was a lot of brand eggs that I went to, and that was 
a blast to be able to meet and learn from the rest of the community and just help people out. And then we had our own brand dig, which was super fun. And then with all that rain, we had a lot of hay to do this year. Uh, so I spent the month of July and the end of June and beginning of August in the swather and driving the rake. Uh, so there were a lot of bales to put up. And then, you know, once we got done the hay and it started to calm down here in the fall and we started, uh, you know, just moving our cows, getting ready for shipping here, which will be in a week and a half. So those were the big projects, lots of things in between, lots of fun activities. Went to an auction out of the Glasgow Stockyards, which was exciting to see our rebreeds and dry sell. So that was exciting. And yeah, it was just so much to do every single day. And, you know, we got our first snow today, which really the first snow puts an end to all the fall projects. And it seemed like we got a lot done, but there's always so much more <laughs> that we just, you just can't do it all. Yeah. We've been going hard lately too, uh, preparing for the snow and also like, you know, um, trying to help Casey, my mentor, uh, as much as I can before, before we leave. So, uh, it's been nice to see all those projects being done. and But yeah, now there's noise here and things slow down for sure. Brian, you were mentioning the in-person brandings I know are a huge thing, especially in Montana. I feel like there, there's a culture of uh, that shared community around brandings. And it, it is quite a thing here in Colorado, but I, I feel like it is a huge event at the ranches in Montana. So tell me a little bit about not only those, but um, maybe more of the Kivera events, like the stockmanship clinic, um, the in-person stuff. Like, did you go to visit any of the other apprentices during your time? Yeah. Well, the brand eggs, um, you know, I went to about 15 different brand eggs and that's really just you're going to help out your neighbor, get their stuff done. And it's a celebration basically of, Hey, look, the snow's melting and we're out here doing our work and everybody's real excited about the weather warming up. So that was just great to really meet the rest of the community and learn from other people. Cause you learn so much from your mentors, but you're also surrounded by so many people who have been doing this their whole life that it's good to see different perspectives and to learn as much as you can. So I did that. And then uh, regarding the program and the events we had there, uh, orientation was really great. When you first get here, it can be really overwhelming. I was pretty overwhelmed. I got here at the beginning of March and the orientation was at the end of the month. So after about two weeks to go down to Bill Eggs and meet everybody else who was crazy enough to sign up and do a program like this, uh, it was really awesome to meet everybody else to see, you know, what led them here. Uh, I remember meeting Samuel and he was doing his carnivore diet, grilling up burgers. Yes, I was. <laughs> he brought, he he always brought some really good food to our in-person gatherings. And then we also had the Wit Hibbard uh, Low Stress Stockmanship Clinic in the middle of the season. Uh, Wit is just an incredible teacher. It, it was great to see everybody again. It to be able to experience being taught by wit. I mean, the stuff that you can learn how to handle livestock in a low stress manner was amazing to really get a educational understanding of that. Uh, something that we do on the ranch every, we were doing on the ranch every day, but I didn't sit down and specifically understand every single thing we were doing. Well, after I learned from wit, 
I could just take my learning another step further than every single time I've gone out to move cows since I think about the different moves, you know, my positioning and what I could do better um, reading the animals. So that was super helpful. I was able to visit Oxbow Ranch uh, in Missoula and see their direct marketing venture out there which was really awesome for me. I'm really interested in that stuff. So that was very cool to go somewhere else. And I had another apprentice visit me. Uh, she wanted to check out how night calving worked since they didn't do that on her ranch. So, you know, being able to create those connections with other apprentices in every ranch is different. You know, if you're interested in something that maybe your ranch isn't doing, the opportunity is there if you want to, uh, go look at other stuff and see what other people are doing. Yeah, I I find it really interesting too that not being from Montana, I'm just gathering that it's really interesting how geographically people would be really far away from each other, but it's not a big deal to drive like two hours to see some four hours. It's crazy. It's just the difference between mindset of like, oh, what is a really long drive? <laughs> it's like not, I think it has to be in the double digits for Montanans to feel like it's a long drive. <laughs> like, so I, I had a long, I had a long drive this summer. So <laughs> I, I went down to Colorado. So I was 16 yeah. hours. 16 hours. <laughs> that finally felt long for you because I feel like the two, three, four hours is nothing in Montana. Oh, that's nothing. No, that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow we have to go help our neighbors uh, move their cows for shipping. And we have to drive an hour just to get there. So <laughs> it's, it's really it's just nothing. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a cultural change that I was not. Um, yeah, it's actually quite, it makes you feel a little bit relieved because when you look on a map and you're like, oh my gosh, I am going to be out in the boonies. Like, yes, you are. And we'll talk about that in a second. Like there are struggles with the isolation. However, yeah, I mean, people have been there for a long time and they just cope with figuring, they figure out how to find community, even if it is isolated. So, and Samuel, too, I want I wanted to hear your perspective on the in-person gatherings. Did you go visit other ranches? Did you guys do community branding, stuff like that? I was in uh, branding this this season. And yeah, it was in, like Ryan was saying, it's, it's incredible. You know, it, it was like a movie, like being in a movie, you know, it's like, you know, real cowboys and roping calves and branding them. It's, it was just ex- amazing to experience that. But yeah, like I remember uh, at the beginning of the program, we had the orientation, and it was it was great to uh, to meet the the other interns for the first time, and and then I think for me it was really good the the stockmanship clinic that we had in the middle of the of the season. It was just like an ice break from um, you know at that at that time in the season you are really busy and you know hot days, so it was just nice to have a break and and see see the other interns again and and really experience all the knowledge that um you know the the manics had and and the guests um yeah it was it was great to learn from them and yeah um i didn't visit ryan so i'm sorry ryan that i didn't got to visit you this year but (laughs) but uh i had what i i really wanted to to go down to colorado and visit uh, the james ranch they were part of the of the NAP program in the past, and I knew they were making doing cheese making, and 
and having a 100% grass-fed uh, operation. So I really wanted to see that. and It was great. But yeah, it was a long trip. And my wife and I and my son, we, we went down there and we had a great time. But yeah, it was long. <laughs> so I'm curious about, I actually interviewed you recently on your for your exit interviews. And we talked about sort of what you learned this season. I'd love to know the top three skills that you learned this season. So it could be um, like physical skills, or it could be more interpersonal skills or um, self-development, anything that comes to mind. What are your top three? Well, I think first off, uh, just dealing with animals, animal husbandry. I didn't grow up thinking I would be in an agriculture career working with livestock, or I even grow up, you know, a lot of people want to be a vet or something. They just love animals. I always liked animals, but I never imagined that it would be part of my career in everyday life. So I've learned so much about cows, and we have sheep also, and just how to work with animals and to really be able to look at them and understand sometimes what they're thinking has been tremendous. And I think it teaches you a lot, you know, just branching off that you know, working with animals, you've got to have patience. You you have to be able to be okay when things go wrong, when they're not moving the way you want them to, when they're not going through the gate. So, you know, patience is a huge thing that I've learned out here. And, you know, I live 30 minutes from a paved road. You have to be patient for everything. Um, and I think lastly, I've learned a lot about human connection in general. Like there's a lot less people here, but it's the best community I've ever been in. Everybody has everybody's back. And it's just a super supportive community. I think part of that is there's less people to rely on. So you really rely on everybody. So th those are some of the biggest lessons I've learned. You know, you learn all the technical skills. You can find that anywhere. It's what you take away from the bigger life lessons that I think if you put your heart into this program and really go in every day trying to be better and learn, you're going to find a lot of really cool things that you didn't even expect when you uh, filled out your application. Yeah, for me, Taylor, um, I think this, this season I've really learned about electrical fencing and temp wire. And yeah, I remember starting the the internship and not knowing much about about that and and pretty much now Casey my mentor can tell me okay do this paddock and he just trusts me to do it and I, I just really enjoy to 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 make those paddocks and working with electrical fencing and then like Ryan was saying like working with animals that has been a great experience for me um you know, trying to read their mind and putting yourself yourself in a position that, okay, if I move here, the animals is going to move that way and kind of like understand all this flow. It has been pretty good. And especially after the clinic that we, we went to, it has been uh, amazing. And, and also like, you know, um, having a family and coming to a remote area, you know, you have less things, you have less opportunities for everything but that's that's not a bad thing so kind of like learning during during these eight months to be content where you are and and really um enjoying the process of of learning you know this program is great 
in providing an opportunity for people to really figure it out if if this is a possible career path for the future. And it personally, it has been a, a yes for me. So, you know, in that sense, it has been great. So those are my top three. <laughs> you know, I think, too, it's important to convey to the future applicants, you know, I think there's a lot of beautiful pictures of the West and ranching. And and there are so many beautiful things that come out of this apprenticeship, but there's also a lot of struggle. And I think doesn't get conveyed on Instagram and doesn't get conveyed necessarily in our posts. But I try to talk about in this podcast, sort of the the underbelly of uh, it all. And I think it's so important to talk about it because generally we're all sharing a similar experience, but just not talking about it. And so, yeah, I would love to know from each of you, Maybe what were some struggles that you faced this year, or maybe some unexpected aspects of this transition that were were hard for you? I mean, it 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 was a struggle. It's it's not easy. I think Samuel, when he said, you know, learning how to be content is super important. At the end of the day, it was all worth it um, because you can look at what you did that day and be proud of yourself, and you did something productive but I didn't know anything coming in and every day still you know I know a lot now but still there's plenty of stuff I don't know and you know every day I felt like 90% of the time I was just trying to keep up and figure out what to do and not get in someone's way when we're moving cows not you know make a major mistake and sometimes I did but that's okay that's part of the apprenticeship and you know just making sure you're not too hard on yourself because there's no reason to be you know at the end of the day you're an apprentice and you're there to learn and if you're giving your best effort at making that change you're gonna learn it be better uh, but it, it is hard but it's worth it every single day yeah, Ryan, what kept you going? Do you have sort of like a routine or do you do you call home? Do you, I don't know, have any like hobbies that you sort of c- keep connected to who you are? Like, was there anything that you really connected to that helped you get through the hard times? Um, I, I write a lot. So, you know, I was, I basically, I have a journal and I wrote everything we did every day. You know, here's what we did. And then I would write, you know, struggles and successes. So yeah, and I have a lot of people back home that I do. I keep in touch with everybody and they are always interested in what I'm doing. So yeah, it's great to have a large support network. Um, And my mentor was always there for me and never put me in a situation where I would be in danger or pressure to do something that I didn't feel completely comfortable with. Um, So the mentor themselves were great at that aspect. Mm -hmm. In terms of other things, you know, you're you're working a lot so you just have to make sure this is if this is something you want to do you're gonna find the joy in it because you spend your whole day doing it it is fun but it is hard what about you samuel what what are some things you struggle with and ways that you coped with it yeah like what ryan was saying uh at the end of the day like ranching is a physical job so you know you have to expect long days uh working hard dust heat cold so for me, you know, like working outside when there's a blizzard, it, it, it can be pretty hard. So it's important to have good um, warm clothes and proper working clothes. So that's very important. 
Yeah, also um, working in the communication. I think, uh, you know, people in the ranching community are very knowledgeable, but sometimes uh, it can feel like they don't, the, the way that knowledge is transferred, it cannot transfer well. So, you, you know, trying to have like real expectation about the interns and, and your mentors. So, yeah, that can be a struggle. And also, um, you know, I had, you know, when I started the program, it's like, well, I have a family with me. So did I make the right decision? You know, it's like, what am I getting my family into? But like, no, it has, it has been great. And, and also like having my personal support system with me, that has been great. You know, I'm having a, a, a hard day so I can come home and, you know, enjoy playing with my son and talk about what was hard with my wife and and also my mentors they've been really good about opening that space so I can talk about stuff with them and and in that sense very welcoming. Samuel you want do you want to hit on a little bit more what's your relationship like with your mentor at the beginning and how did it change through the season? Yeah like I like to say like my mentors they were looking for an intern but they receive like neighbors, you know, it's, it has been great to, uh, to have both families at the ranch and seeing like how my son is interacting with their kids and my wife enjoying friendship with Lacey, my mentor's wife. So yeah, I'll say like with my mentor, like I'm thankful because he's been teaching me like everything every day. So he's, he's been a great resource. And, um, yeah, I think I have a healthy, working relationship and based in trust and in open communication. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? How's your relationship with Leo and how did it change over the season? My mentors are Leo and Chris, you know, two brothers in their sixties. Since the beginning, they've treated me like family, them and their wives have taken care of me, made sure I'm good. They check in on me, you know, Every week, uh, hey, how are you doing? Is Are we doing everything good? I really feel I couldn't have got a luckier with Leo, Chris. They're just great. And I think, you know, as the season progressed, you know, we just got closer and closer. You know, I'm, I can be pretty sarcastic sometimes. So, you know, we really just, we joke on each other all the time. We have a good time. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities we did work on horseback, but we also use the side-by-sides a lot. And Leo really takes the time of the side-by-side, you know, to teach me things, to tell me his stories, which he has an extensive amount of, which you can learn from every story, and to just see how I'm doing. So that side-by-side time with Leo was huge. And then going back to checking calves at night, me and Chris did that. So, you know, when we were checking calves, I would show up at 9 p.m. Um, after working all day, and then me and Chris would sit and watch a movie. And that well, we did that for a month and a half, so that was really awesome. So, you know, as time progressed, just the more time I spent with them, the closer we got, and they're just awesome. So it was a really good matching for me. I can imagine, too, that a lot of the mentors in our program, you know, are excited that someone is excited about the thing that they – 
um, that lights them up. You know, it's like, it's like they always say, like, um, when you go to a party, like nobody wants to talk about cows, you know? And so it's like, this person came to your ranch and wants to talk to you about everything, you know, like that's a fun thing to do. And so I think that's important too, to just keep, um, keep asking questions and showing interest in what, whatever it is, whether it's regenerative agriculture or a story about their grandfather. I think that's really important because what other chance do they have to like have a 30 year old asking questions about cows, the thing that they love to talk about. So I can see that being really fun. Yeah. I mean, they could go on all day. They, you know, there's no, there's no yeah. stopping once we get started. So it's great. <laughs> I'm sure their uh, wife or husband, whoever is the other one, is uh, thankful that you're the one that's (laughs) hearing these stories for the fifth or sixth time. Well, I was telling Leah the other day, he started telling me a story and I was like, I'm pretty sure this is the fourth time I've heard this one. Let's hear it again. Because... And that's <laughs> well, the important thing is, you know, if he tells me a story more than once, it, it must be an important one. So you got to take that and still learn from it. You are just a good guy, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. So, you know, I, um, you're at a unique point in, uh, in your lives right now, I guess, both of you that you're exiting the apprenticeship and, you know, you're kind of digesting all the things that you learned and what just happened to you. I'm curious to know what, what are you excited to learn more about? Like, has there been something during the season that sort of, uh, lit a, lit a flame in your head and, and you're kind of curious to pursue it more? Samuel, it sounds like cheese making and sort of the food aspect but is there yeah do you want to expand on that i mean during this season i realized that i really want to focus on like production of food and um i mean nothing wrong with raising cows and and sheep and and in a regenerative practice ranch but um yeah i really want to pursue that and like i'm thankful because being part of this internship this year it has opened the door for me to uh, to explore cheese making. Um, that's why I went to Colorado this year and kind of talked with the ranchers there, the James family, and and yeah, I think that'll be my our next step. So my family and I we will be there next year and exploring and learning everything about cheese and cheese making. So are you going to be um, doing the actual milking process, or are you going to be helping out with grazing, or are you just on the cheese end? I think, and I hope a little bit of everything, but um, uh, the main focus will be cheese making. Yeah, but there's so there's always room for uh, for milking mm-hmm. and and taking care mm-hmm. of the herd. It sounds like your um your Spanish roots really shine. Like they're they were there all along. Like you can't <laughs> take a person out of Spain, but you can't take Spain out of the person. <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, growing up, like. Oh, the wonderful cheeses. And it's like, oh, yeah, I need to go back to that. <laughs> so, yeah. You're missing yeah. that. You just got to find jamón. That's the only thing that oh, you got to <laughs> I, th- I think I think I can make it. So, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And what about you, Ryan? What's exciting for you to learn next? And, and sort of, yeah. And if you want to talk about, too, your, your next steps after apprenticeship. Yeah. Um, I mean, I want to learn more about everything. Specifically... Uh, the direct marketing. I'm really interested in that. Um, I'm planning on going back to the East Coast 
So, you know, with the markets available there and with, you know, consumers being more interested in where their food comes from and how it's raised, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And I want to look into that. And also uh, just conservation in, in general. Um, those are some of the jobs I'm looking at in the future. And I think it would be really interesting and fun to, you know, work in a conservation type setting where instead of just making a change on one operation, you know, to be able to reach out to a larger group and make a larger change with many operations and more of a coordinator setting would be really inspiring for me. So there's a lot I want to learn. And I think part of it will be having the time to learn it. You know, I, I learned so much out here doing it, you know, face to face, but there's not a whole lot of time to read up on it or, you know, take the time to understand some of the deeper stuff that when you're trying to just get a job done every day, sometimes things get thrown to the side. So, you know, doing more learning will definitely be in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, when you're starting the apprenticeship and you're kind of getting, you know, your first year on the ranch, you don't even know what you don't know. So I think by the end of it, you're, you know, so many doors of, it's like, you know more, but then all of a sudden, like a thousand more doors are presented to you. So it's kind of interesting to see like, oof, there's so much more to this than I even thought. And the fact that you worked on a ranch and now you're interested in conservation. I think that speaks a lot to the Barthelmas places because I think a lot of ranchers like that wouldn't be the forefront of what you would take away. Um, and the fact that you took that away and are excited about that is really cool because he's found a really good way to weave those two things. Yeah, for sure. I think they've done a lot of things here that is good for the environment, but also good for the operation. They're not going to do something that's not good for the operation. So I think uh, being able to learn how to work with the land instead of against it has been really important to me. And yeah, all these opportunities I'm looking at, I didn't even know they existed prior to this uh, apprenticeship. So it really did open a lot of doors. So I want to end this podcast by asking you both. I'm sure that there's a lot of advice and a lot of you've both spent a lot of time sort of yeah, marinating on what you learned from this season. But I would love to just hear some pieces of advice you have for the next folks applying for the program. If somebody's thinking about joining this program, my advice is, yes, you should do it. <laughs> yeah, it's also like show interest. Like um, there's so many ways uh, a person can show uh, wh whatever they are, like, you know, volunteer, read books, see videos, uh, webinars, anything they can do to show like they want to try this and, and do it. Um, so that has been my experience. And also like, it's okay if you have to wait a year for the application process and just have a better chance. That was my experience. And like, I, you know, during last year, I, you know, that was, like I said, that was my full-time job and I don't regret any of it. You know, I met great people. Uh, I felt good about myself, you know, and also like my wife could see like, well, Samuel, he's taking this seriously. So yeah, don't be scared of working hard and, and apply and reach out to the Quivira team. Uh, they can help a lot. They helped me and yeah, it's, this is a great program and 
you know, the the amount of opportunities that it can open after going through this is, I think, is incredible. Thanks for the kind word, Samuel. That's sweet. Ryan, did you have some advice to share? I think, you know, like Samuel said, just just do it. It's It was definitely worth it. Yeah, just be honest with whatever you're doing. And if you want to do this, this program puts you in the right spot to learn a lot and really figure out what you want to do. You know, you don't have to come into this knowing exactly what you want to do after. I still don't know exactly what I want to do. But if it seems like something that you're willing to put the effort of work into, do it. That's great advice. Well, thank you both so much for sharing your story. I'm sure I caught you both at a really busy time of the year. And so thanks for taking the time to come on to the podcast. And super excited to see you both at the Regenerate Conference next week. And Samuel, you'll be moving you'll be moving down to Durango and coming to the conference right after that. So big week for you. It is. Uh, we are here in the middle of packing. So yeah, we are we are really busy. Yeah, and I just hope the best for both of you and just thanks for coming on today. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks so much to Samuel and Ryan for joining us on the podcast. If you'd like to keep up with both of them, you can follow Ryan on Instagram. His handle is his name, Ryan. G-K-O-C-H-4. And Samuel and his wife don't have uh, social media, but somehow we managed to forget to mention Mandy's blog. That is Samuel's wife. She has an incredible blog where they've cataloged their entire experience in the apprenticeship and what it's like moving to rural Montana. I really, really love their blog. So if you're interested, head over to Montana Mandy, that's with an I, M-A-N-D-I, one.wordpress.com and um, follow where they go next. I'm really excited to see that blog continue. And if you're enjoying our podcast, I would deeply appreciate if you were able to follow us on your podcast app and maybe even leave us a review and a rating. It really helps others find our podcast and potentially find their first step into regenerative agriculture. So it can have really real impact, which is exciting. And um, if you're not already subscribed to our newsletter, Kibera Coalition has a fantastic newsletter where we have a ton of job postings. We have opportunities for um, educational events and other trainings. And you can find information and sign up for that at kiberacoalition.org. Thank you for listening to Regeneration Rising, a podcast production of the Kavira Coalition. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and other popular podcast platforms. Become a Patreon supporter by visiting kaviracoalition.org slash podcasts. We'd like to thank Kavira staff for their contributions to this podcast. This episode was edited and engineered by Caleb Wenzel-Fisher. Wanderlust, our theme music, was made by Scott Buckley. And we're grateful for our guests taking the time to talk with us about their experiences. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the land.